know, it's, it's interesting uh, how we often come into contact with impossibilities or seeming uh, things that seem impossible to us to overcome. And, and I was actually uh, mowing the grass the other day, and uh, my first thought was, golly, it is hot out here. <laughs> my, my second thought was I, was I was thinking through the realm of impossibilities and thinking about how oftentimes with each and every one of us, there are things, uh, there's situations that we enter into uh, that we feel comfortable in. And some situations we step into that we feel very uncomfortable in. But the good thing about our God is whenever our God steps into the realm of impossibilities, it's actually his comfort zone, right? And so God uh, does his best work whenever it seems impossible to us. And uh, today I'm very excited to talk about a topic that I believe is really going to help you. I believe that there's many people uh, that are struggling with this. And this is a topic that has, without a doubt, marked this generation Uh, This is a topic that has uh, marked this nation and a topic that I've personally experienced freedom in. And I'm going to share a bit of my testimony uh, with you today. And I'm I'm trusting that it's going to encourage you. But it is the topic of conquering anxiety. How can we conquer anxiety? You know, I want to read a passage of scripture to start off with in Mark chapter 4. This is a a passage of scripture that's uh, pretty famous Mark chapter 4 and verse 35, it actually uh, is a a moment whenever the disciples not only came into contact with the power of Jesus. Remember, there were many moments whenever the disciples were observing the power of Jesus. This was another one of those moments, but this was a moment whenever they really came in contact with the peace of Jesus. And uh, so I want to read it to you. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If you got it, say, I got it. All right. So this is what it says. Mark chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, uh, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. I want to pause there and I want to say this. A lot of times you feel like you might be in a storm and you might be all by yourself. I want to tell you, there's always other people with you in a storm, okay? You're never alone. There was other boats that were following them. A lot of people think that they were the only boat on the sea that day going through that moment, but there was a lot of others as well. And so it says, but soon a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking onto the boat, and it began to fill with water. Where was Jesus? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I love the details of the Bible, with his head on a cushion. Who brought that cushion? I just, I just want to know, did Jesus bring his own cushion? Did he, did, he, did he anticipate taking a nap? I'm not quite sure. The disciples weren't anticipating it. So it says the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. And then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? (laughs) Wow. They were encountering not only the power of Jesus, but they were encountering the peace of Jesus in that moment. And I think this is something that we can really learn from, you know. Uh, I just want to ask, how many of y'all, maybe you get a little bit of anxiety whenever some severe weather passes through your area? Anybody in here? Okay, good, three people, that's good. Um, well, you know, uh, for me, uh, I, I don't typically get, 
get nervous whenever severe weather passes through, but my wife does. She, she's, she's one of those people. In fact, I, I really think that she should have gone to school to become a meteorologist <laughs> because uh, she has all the weather apps. She's always checking it. And, uh, you know, I don't even look at it. You know, in fact, most of the time I just ask her because she knows. You know, I just say, hey, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? You know, she knows. Uh, and, uh, and so she'll tell me all the different details and things, and she watches it. But, you know, uh, she, she, she gets nervous sometimes whenever this severe weather is coming through. And oftentimes, there's been moments whenever uh, she has literally woken me up in the middle of the night uh, telling me, hey, I was just looking at the weather app. First of all, why are you looking at the weather app? You should be sleeping. But uh, she said, I, I heard that there might be a storm coming through, so I woke up looking at the weather app. And, and I noticed that there's some severe weather coming through. I think we should sleep in the closet. <laughs> and I said, Mallory, this bed's... This bed's pretty comfortable. I'm not sleeping in the closet. So anyways, I was sleeping in the closet because, <laughs> I mean, what am I going to say, you know? Um, I might be the head, but she's the neck that turns the head, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so <laughs> there's been many moments where I, I've been in the closet, you know, sleeping and, and uh, you know, trying to <laughs> find a comfortable spot on the floor. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. We actually went on a trip a few years ago, and uh, a big thing happened. This is, this is so funny, but this is a moment whenever uh, she, she really uh, had a different attitude about storms, and so did I. We went actually camping. We decided to go camping with some friends of ours, some military friends of ours from the Biloxi campus. Uh, we said, you know what, we're going to go, and, and we're actually going to go tent camping on an island, Okay. So we drove over to Florida. We went out into a small island uh, in Florida. We actually, we put all of our tent and stuff and everything uh, in this small metal boat that we had rented. We rowed out to this island. There's nobody on the island. So we set up our stuff. And I mean, it felt like it was amazing. I mean, we're, we're, we got this island all to ourselves. We're out here in the open. The weather was beautiful. Uh, Mallory had checked it before we went. Don't worry. And uh, so we're out there, and everything looked great. And, I mean, we're eating uh, food and, you know, s'mores and the whole thing. I mean, we were just enjoying ourselves, laughing, taking pictures. I remember one time we went. Uh, there was this big sand dune, and, and Mallory and I went up there. It was romantic. You know, we're sitting up there taking pictures and stuff, and the sunset was beautiful. And then all of a sudden we see this, this like, cloud in the distance, right? And it's looking pretty dark over there. <laughs> And, uh, but we look at the radar, I mean, it's like there's nothing on it, you know. This is like a small little red dot on the radar, you know. And then all of a sudden, that small little red dot just comes right at us. And we see that cloud coming at us, and we see all the lightning coming. Well, then that thing just settles over us. If you've ever seen, uh, I didn't say this last night, but if you've ever seen the, the Truman Show, the movie... You remember the scene where the, the, the rain just kind of goes over him and he moves and then it goes over him again? You know, like that's what we felt like. It was like, what is this one storm just doing settling right on top of us? And, and so this thing started just, I mean, kicking. And I mean, this, this was a bad, bad storm. I mean, rain was just pouring down. So we go into our tents. Uh, we were in our tent and the other couple was in their tent. And we're in there and the rain's just pouring and it gets more and more and more intense. And I mean, rain, the wind is literally trying to blow our tent away. And so I'm sitting there, I'm trying to hold our tent together. It's caving in because of the rain and the wind. And then the lightning starts and the lightning is just popping every, I mean, it felt like it was like five feet from us and we don't have any closets to find, to go sleep in. And so 
So I'm, I'm freaking out, and, and I'm starting to panic because I'm literally, I'm holding on to these metal poles that are holding my tent together as, as there are lightning strikes happening all around me. And, and, and literally, this is so funny, but while this was happening, all of a sudden, water started flooding into our tent. I remember seeing my pillow just kind of floating in our tent, and I'm thinking all my clothes and everything. And, and then there's, there's, just to add to the situation, there were crabs trying to get into our tent. And I'm like, so I'm trying to keep, I'm like trying to, you know, crush them and things. And <laughs> I mean, I was like, where am I right now? I'm in a bad dream. So like any sane human would do in an anxious moment, I decided to call 911. <laughs> and so I literally, I had a little bit of juice left in my phone. <laughs> it's a true story. I called, my, I, I called 911 and uh, they actually connected me to the Coast Guard. And so they said, uh, yeah, how can we help you? I said, well, we're about to die on an island. And uh, there's lightning popping everywhere. We're stuck in this storm. And I said, can you come out and rescue us? They said, we can't come out there. It's way too dangerous. <laughs> I was like, I thought that's what y'all did. But maybe, okay. So, so uh, they said, <laughs> I remember exactly what they said. They said, we can only come if your life is in danger. I was like, well, I feel it's pretty in danger, you know. But, uh, but so we, we ended up riding out the storm. And, and we were there. And I was... I was just full of anxiety. I was panicking, you know. And, but then I looked over, and I'm like, what is Mallory doing? Mallory was laying in the water in our tent with her hands crossed like this. And I said, Mallory, what are you thinking right now? She said, I just trust that God's going to help us through this. I was like, where was all that peace whenever I was sleeping on the floor of our closet? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure that out, you know. But it's, it's tough to have peace in a chaotic moment. It's tough to, to not let anxiety get the best of you, right? And, uh, but this is, the, this is the amazing thing, is that our God has some solutions for it. I want to talk about where does fear come from. You see, if you study the Bible, you'll see that fear actually enters the scene very early in Scripture. The first negative emotion that was ever felt in Scripture was the emotion called shame. It says that they felt Shame, And then immediately after that, it mentions a second negative emotion, which was they hid because they were afraid. They were afraid. And so fear enters the scene very early on. And one moment they were, you know, filled with faith, loving God, Adam and Eve, you know. And, but then the next moment they were controlled by fear. You know, in John 10.10, 10, uh, this is a famous scripture, but Jesus actually gives us uh, what he would call the, the mission statement of the devil. He says, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You want to know what the devil's mission statement is? That's what it is. To steal, kill, and destroy. But you know, whenever the devil comes to do those things, I think we expect him to come in these overt demonic ways to try to get us to do all these crazy demonic things. But a lot of times he actually comes in a much more subtle way. He comes oftentimes attacking the realm of our thought life. And oftentimes, some of his biggest weapons are the weapons of fear and anxiety. I want to read a few statistics to you. This is so crazy. Think about this. The United States is now the most anxious nation in the world. Scientists estimate that up to 90% of illnesses are linked to stress. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine at, at our campus. He's a doctor, and he was, he was telling me, in fact, at his practice... They actually, he, he diagnoses more people with anxiety-related issues than he diagnoses the common cold. A lot of people with anxiety. The stress-related illnesses cost the nation $300 billion 
$1,500 every year in medical bills. Wow. Americans more than doubled their spending on anti-anxiety medication over the past few years. The average person today is exposed to more bad news in one week than someone just 50 years ago heard in a year. I just want to tell you today that stress, anxiety, worry, fear, whatever you want to call it, it is plaguing us. It is plaguing our nation. In fact, I read a study as well. One-third of the population of America could be easily diagnosed with anxiety issues. Medically, they could be diagnosed with those issues. But I want to tell you the good news is that living a life with God, we can actually be free from a spirit and a mindset of fear. God has a different way. Come on. God has a different way to live. Remember, Jesus told us the devil's mission statement, but he also told us his mission statement. He said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. You know, uh, while we were here this week with our Rev conference with our high schoolers, uh, one of the speakers uh, for the event, Pastor Chris Durso, he said something that I thought was so good. He said, fear doesn't stop death. It stops life. Isn't that true? Jesus said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you life. I want to read a passage in, in John 14. Jesus says this, peace I leave with you. My peace, that's what he says, I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And I love that in this, in this passage of scripture, Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Think about this. He is not saying, I'm just giving you a measure of peace. I'm gonna give you a little bit more peace. He's actually saying the peace that he has is accessible to us. His peace. I mean, think about it. Is the God of the universe just wandering around heaven with stress balls thinking what is about to happen right now? I mean, God's not worried about anything, right? Because he's got the whole, you know, I mean, he, he's got the whole world in his hand. He's not stressed about the future. He's not stressed about what's going to happen. He's got it. That peace that he has, he says, is accessible to us. In fact, because we're children of God, it's actually a part of our DNA that we have to tap into. It's a part of our DNA, and I want to share a bit of my testimony with this, and, and this, this is, is, honestly, this message is, uh, comes from a pretty painful part of my life, but really an amazing part of my life, because God did some amazing things. And, um, you know, so I, I think about the topic of anxiety. I mean, I, I really struggled with anxiety for, for most of my life. I remember even growing up, I was always just kind of anxious about different things, and I know different people struggle with different things, and anxiety was just one of those things that I struggled with. And uh, as I was struggling with it, I remember I had two key moments in my life that really spiked that anxiety to the next level. Uh, one, I remember whenever I was a teenager, they discovered a few different heart uh, problems that I had. Uh, I have three specific uh, heart issues. They're pretty minor issues, uh, but as they were doing different tests and things, I remember going through all the tests and going to all kind of doctors and, and doing all kind of different things as they were trying to diagnose what was wrong with my heart. And uh, I remember going to one particular doctor, and as he looked at all my results, he looked back at me and he said, look, as I'm seeing your results, uh, this is my thought, this is my guess. I would guess that you are most likely uh, going to die pretty young from cardiac arrest. I kid you not, that is what he said. And so I already had anxiety, <laughs> 
But then whenever something comes in like that, it just goes to a whole nother level. And I went to many other doctors, and you know, third opinion, fourth opinion. I went to the whole thing, and all of them said I was going to be fine for my whole life. But the thing about it is there was a root, a lie that snuck into my heart, that snuck into my mind that I believed. And whenever I believed that lie, it spiked my anxiety to a whole nother level. So now every single time I had something happen with my heart, I was like, is this it? Is this the moment, you know? And then, fast forward several more years, then my family went through a, a, a tragedy. And, and as we were walking through this season, it was a very difficult season, uh, a grieving season, a tough moment. As we were going through that, in, in my family, all of a sudden my anxiety spiked again to honestly the highest level it's ever been. And I ended up in the place where, um, I mean, I, I couldn't sleep at night. I was so anxious. I felt like, uh, th now this, this is going to sound crazy, except for the, to the people who've experienced things like this. Whenever I would go down to sleep at night, I felt like this might be the night that would be my last night. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I felt like this might be the last day. I, I was believing so many lies. It was plaguing me, panic attacks, everything, all throughout the day. I felt like I couldn't live, right? It doesn't stop death. It stops life. I felt like I couldn't live. And, and I got so fed up with it. I, 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 I got so frustrated that I could not live my life anymore because I was so controlled in the prison of anxiety and fear that what I decided to do was I said, you know what? I'm going to grab a hold of God and I'm not letting go until he heals me. I'm not letting go until I'm free from this. And I began to do several things and I'm going to talk about a few of those things today. But as I did those things, I'm telling you, this is my 100% testimony, true story. I have been free from anxiety for over five years. Free. Sometimes my wife wishes that I had a little bit more anxiety because now I just don't worry about anything. She's like, well, what are we going to do about this? Oh, I don't care. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be all right, you know. <laughs> but it's amazing what God did. And I didn't plan to say this right here, but, um, but as we were in worship, I really felt... You know, there's a scripture uh, in the Old Testament that talks about the different gods that people had. It said that there was a, there was a statue, a, an idol, a god called Dagon. Dagon was standing upright in, in a, a temple kind of thing in the Old Testament. And what the people did was they actually stole the Ark of the Covenant. They bring the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, into the presence of that statue called Dagon. And whenever they came back in, they would constantly see that Dagon, their false god, their idol, kept falling on his face. In fact, it even broke his hands off. And I just want to say this. There's some of you today that whenever you make the decision to take your fear and you put it in the presence of Almighty God, it's going to break the grip of fear off of you. I believe that. And so... Um, I want to dive into a few different points that I believe will help you overcome, to conquer anxiety or fear. And I want to say, too, you might not be in the same place that I was in. That's fine. Maybe you're in here today and you're really struggling like I was struggling. I'm speaking to you. Maybe you're in here today and there's just a few small things that just kind of get you worked up sometimes. I'm telling you, this message is for you. And so I want to tell you the first thing, the first thing that I would encourage you to do is to take things one day at a time. Take things one day at a time. The reality is that though many of us are anxious in chaotic moments, we're also anxious in moments of peace because we're worried that the moments of peace or the moments of calm will turn into chaotic moments. 
We get so far ahead of ourselves thinking about what could happen, what might happen, that it actually ruins calm moments. You know, it's so interesting. I, I was reading about, there's a, there's a battle called the Battle of Thermopylae. And uh, what it was, was this was whenever the, the Persian Empire at the time, they decided to, to invade Greece, and they were trying to take over, essentially. And they were coming in. The Persian army was very strong at the time. They were coming in with 250,000 soldiers. Well, the Greeks, the problem was they only had accessible to them 7,000 soldiers. So they were thinking about this number discrepancy, and what they decided to do was instead of going out into the open field and being overwhelmed in a moment by that 250,000-man army, what they decided to do was they decided to kind of force them. They had to go through, to get to Greece, they had to go through what was called the pass at Thermopylae, which, is, which was essentially a 50-foot pass that you had to go through to get to Greece. And so they kind of stationed themselves, the Greeks stationed themselves right there in that 50-foot pass between a mountain and a cliff that went into the ocean. They stationed themselves right there to where it forced that massive army to come, and they essentially were able to fight them one at a time. You see, if they would have gone out there and they would have fought all of them all at once, they would have been overwhelmed in a moment. And I just want to say today, some of you, this is your problem. This was my problem. I was trying to go out there and I was thinking so far ahead, and whenever you go so far ahead in the future of what could happen, what might happen, you go down all the trails in your mind, and all of a sudden, you are quickly overwhelmed. But God tells us actually to fight it one day at a time. I want to read this to you. Look at this. Look at what it says. This is so powerful. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said this. He said, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. We have to make the decision. I'm not going to go that far in the future in my mind. Now, I understand planning. I understand all that. But a lot of times those things can plague us or, or paralyze us with fear and easily overwhelm us. So we have to make that decision. In fact, I've even heard that, uh, that statistics show that 95% of the things that you worry about with your future will actually never come true. I'll say it this way. Fear is a down payment on a problem that you probably won't ever have. Fear is a down payment on a problem that you won't ever have. And so we have to make the decision to take things one day at a time. The next thing I want to say that I learned is that I had to learn how to guard my mind. You have to guard your mind. Guard your mind. You see, the story that I was reading in the beginning where Jesus was sleeping on the boat, the peace that he had, the disciples, that whole thing. Man, it's so amazing. Look at what it says. It says the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? It sounds like they believed that, right? They, didn't, they weren't thinking about the fact that Jesus beforehand had said, we're going to the other side. They didn't trust that word. They trusted whatever word snuck into their minds and says, this is the moment that we're going to die. They did not guard their minds in that moment. It wasn't, they didn't think about, well, that, that thought popped in my mind, but then I remembered, wait a second, Jesus is on board with us, so we're probably not going to go. No, no, no. They didn't think any of that. It just went in, and it took residency. We have to learn how to guard our minds. I want to say it this way. You can't control if a bird flies over your head, but you can control if it makes a nest in your hair, okay? In other words, I can't control when thoughts come. The devil's gonna 
gonna bring thoughts at us, right? There's gonna be all kind of things that he's gonna present to us and storylines and thoughts. And I've had some weird thoughts pop in my brain, right? How about y'all? Okay, just me, all right. Well, this is the thing is that the devil's gonna bring all kind of thoughts, but we decide what we allow to stay. We decide what we allow to take root. And I wanna tell you one of the greatest battle for our souls is in between our ears. It's in the realm of our mind, the battlefield of our mind, the battlefield of our mind. You know, Ephesians 3.20, it talks about, I love this passage of scripture because it talks about how God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask, think, or imagine. And I think to me that shows me that, that God's des- design, first of all, God designed our imagination. And I think about that, that God designed our imagination to dream and to think about all the great things that God could do in our lives. All the amazing possibilities whenever we serve a God who's able to exceed our wildest dream. That's the point of our imagination. But what the devil does is he takes what God created and he manipulates it so that now our imagination is not used to dream about the amazing things that God could do and will do in our lives. Now all of a sudden our imagination is twisted and now we are dreaming up things that are gonna happen for sure, that we're gonna have a bad future and and, and all these things are gonna fall apart. Now all of a sudden our imagination is twisted and manipulated by the enemy. We have to make a decision to guard our minds. And, you know, um, my wife and I, uh, we were recently um, in New York City on a trip and and uh, we're walking around, and it's, it's so interesting because you, you walk by all these different places, and they have these kind of, uh, I mean, they have different nightclubs there. They have, uh, I didn't go in the nightclubs, just to clear that up, but walking by, you know, down the street. Um, and, and you see these nightclubs, you see these fancy restaurants and things, and there's always people out there with a list. You know, some it's a bouncer, some it's a host or a hostess. They have the list, and you can walk up to the door, but if you're not on the list, you're not getting in the building, right? And I just want to tell you, one of the things that I had to learn is this is my list. And whenever a thought comes at me, I have to take out my my Bible and have to look through it and say, you know what, is that thought on this list? And if it's not on this list, it's not staying in here. It's not getting in here. You know, I've heard someone say before that you can't afford to have a thought in your mind about you that God doesn't have in his mind about you. I, 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 don't want, I don't want thoughts that God doesn't have about me in my mind. I want to see if it's in here, it can stay in here. If it's not on the list, it's not getting in. We have to make that decision to guard our minds. Look at what the scripture says in Philippians 4 verse 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is my list. If it's not in here, I'm not letting it get in here. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, Sometimes people want to do this thing where, I don't know if anybody's ever done this to you, but they, they want you to taste something, do like a taste test, and they're like, close your eyes. Open your mouth. I'm like, how about no? How about you tell me what you're about to feed me? <laughs> how about we have a discussion about this? You let me know, uh, you know, because I'm not just letting anything in. You know, I mean, in these days, it's so fun. I mean, it's like, you know, we got, we want to make sure it's gluten-free, uh, soy-free, uh, sugar-free, uh, flavor-free. We want to make sure, you know, I mean, we're not just letting anything. We're not just letting anything in, you know. 
But why, why are we so careful about guarding our stomachs? But we're not careful about what comes into our minds. Is there any gates? Is there any walls that stop things from coming into our minds? Or is it just free reign? Is it a city without walls? Is it a city without closed gates? We have to make a decision to guard our minds. We make a decision. The next thing I want to say is this, number three. We have to trust in his hands. Trust in his hands. You see, in that scripture, that, that Bible story that I was reading, it says that suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake and waves were breaking in the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Why was he able to be at rest? It's because I believe he knew that his life was in his father's hands. He knew that his life's in his father's hands. You know, I, I went to the chiropractor. Uh, I, I go to the chiropractor sometimes, and I remember the first time I was going, so, so funny. I was so nervous because I knew they were going to crack my neck, you know. And, and I went over there, and I remember calling uh, my uncle, who's a chiropractor, and I said, hey, look, I'm about to go to the chiropractor for the first time, and, and I just got a question. I've watched a lot of Bruce Lee movies, and I'm just curious, can they kill me when they break my neck on accident? And he's like, no, 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 you don't need to worry about that. You know, I mean, they would have to be incredibly strong for something like that to happen. And so I'm like, okay, good. So I walk into my first chiropractic appointment, and I look, and the guy looks like a bodybuilder, y'all. <laughs> And then, and then he does, you know, he's like getting me down on the bench and, you know, doing some things or whatever. Then he goes, all right, now, now put your head in my hands. And he goes, now just relax. <laughs> like, relax? What do you mean? I'm just going to tell you today, it's hard to trust your life into somebody's hands. It's tough. But until you get the revelation that your life is not in your hands... You're going to be anxious. You know why? Because you think that it all depends on you. And if I don't take care of me, who's taking care of me? If I don't take care of those kids, who's going to take care? If I don't watch out for this or watch out for that, who's going to do it? Let me just tell you, God's got it. God's got it. That set me free. Whenever I had an understanding, look, I want to read, there, there was a time whenever I was having such a hard time sleeping because I felt like if I go to sleep, this might be the time whenever I pass away in the night, so I got to stay up. I know it seems irrational and crazy, but I just want to read a scripture to you. There's a scripture where David was actually running for his life from his son Absalom. He was going to be killed at any moment. And this is what David said. He said, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. How can you rest? Because you know that he's not resting. Well, what if I don't watch over him? Let me tell you something. The God that we serve, he never rests. He never goes to sleep. He's always watching out for you. He's always got you. God's ability to protect you is much better than your ability to protect yourself. God's ability to protect your kids it's much better than your ability to protect your kids. Now, we all have roles. I understand that. We got to do what we got to do. But I'm telling you, ultimately, we got to trust that it's in God's hands. The final thing I want to say is this. I had to learn that I had to fight with his word. What did Jesus say on the lake that day? It says that he spoke to those waves. He spoke to those waves. Whenever I was going through that immense battle, and I want to say this right here, what I'm about to tell you, please lean in. This is really the thing that freed me. If I had to give one, one main thing, this would be it. What I began to do is I began to study because I wanted to know about lies because really what, what fear is and anxiety is, it's, it's lies that you believe. And so I was like, let me look up some passages of scripture on lies and I began to study in Luke 
uh, chapter 4, and it started to talk about the, the, the temptation of Jesus. And, and it's interesting because Jesus was famished and he was weak in the moment. And I want to say this, oftentimes when the devil comes at you, he's an opportunist. So he's going to come in weak moments. Jesus was, was weak physically. I mean, he was fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. Then the devil comes and he starts lying. The devil comes at him and he says, hey, and he whispers a lie to him. And what does Jesus do? Jesus says, no, for the scripture says this. The devil comes again with another lie. Hey, what about this one? Boom. No, for the scripture says this. Devil comes a third time. Well, is Jesus going to give us a new way to fight the devil? No, for the scripture says this. I love the fact that if Jesus was, was preaching a three-point sermon, all three points were the same. Fight with the word. Fight with the word. Fight with the word. He was telling us. If you're going to dismantle the lies, you have to have the truth, right? He said, he said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All of a sudden, what I began to do was I dove into, I said, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. So I dove into God. I've always loved God's word. I've always read it and things. But I'm telling you, at a whole nother level, I grabbed a hold of God's word. I found every scripture that I possibly could on the situations that I was facing. And then what I did was I wrote them down in my phone. It was a long, long list. And I remember going through and I memorized every single one of them. And I would begin to quote out loud every single one of them until I believed every single one of them. You see, <laughs> fear versus faith, it's really just a battle of belief. What, what, you know, if you only have one narrative in your brain, that's what you're gonna believe. I had to enter in a new narrative into my mind, God's narrative about my life. And whenever that narrative came in contact with the devil's narrative, just like Dagon, in the Old Testament, it bowed down and the grip was loosed because all of a sudden I knew that there was something else that I could believe about my life. And anytime that anxiety would rise up, no, for the scripture says this. And I'm telling you, you know what's interesting about that, that passage too is that the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. Sad thing is the devil knows his word or God's word better than many of us. We gotta know the word. We gotta know the word. And not only just know the word, we gotta believe the word. We gotta speak the word. And whenever we do that, I believe, I'm telling you, I am a living testimony of being freed. And I can't even describe to you how hopeless I felt in that moment. I felt like I was never gonna get out. I felt like there was no way through this. I'm telling you, I'm free. I'm telling you, you can be free. The devil's gonna come. He's gonna shoot arrows. Oh, what about your kids? What about your finances? What about your health? All these different things. I'm telling you, God's got you. Fight with the word. Believe a different narrative. I came here today and I was really just believing that God is gonna set some people free. But you know what, this, this message is only as good as our application. I don't think any of these things that I said today that you, you probably didn't know already. You probably knew all these things. But it's not about knowing it, it's about doing it. 
Many years I struggled with anxiety and I knew the right things to do. I just didn't do it. I'm telling you, you want to be free? Do it. Just do it. It's not about knowing the word. It's about believing it, applying it, speaking it. That's what I began to do. I want to pray for you. God, we thank you so much for every person in this place. God, right now, I'm just asking, um, Lord, for if there's anybody in here under the sound of my voice, any of the campuses, anybody online, God, that might be struggling with anxiety, struggling with fear. God, we know that it's the majority of our population these days. And so, God, I'm praying, Lord, that the peace that surpasses all of our understanding would guard our hearts and minds. Lord, I'm thanking you, Father, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I thank you that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. God, I thank you that this is no longer a prison cell that we have to stay in. But God, we know that the door is open, that we can walk out. And God, I'm thanking you, God, that we are gonna believe your narrative about our life, not the enemy's narrative. And God, whenever we believe your truth about us, we thank you, God, that fear has no power over us. Bless your people today. God, give them the endurance, the perseverance to be able to apply these truths so that they could find freedom as well. God, I'm praying, Lord, just as you freed me, God, free your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Wow, what an amazing message today. And to those of you that are making a decision to follow Jesus today, we just want to say a big congratulations. We're cheering you on. We're standing with you. And we believe that's the best decision that you could ever make. In fact, I want to take a second right now to pray for two types of people. First of all, to those of you that are making that decision, I want to stand in prayer with you as you begin this new journey of following Jesus. But I also want to take a second to pray for those of you who maybe are following Jesus, but you're facing some impossibilities and you're believing God, you're standing in faith. Let's stand in faith together in this moment. Let's pray together. Well, Father God, I just thank you for those of you who have just committed their lives to following you for the rest of their life. The Bible says that they are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. I pray that you would surround them with the right people and the right resources and help as they begin to walk out this new life with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, I also pray for those that are really carrying maybe some heavy burdens, some, some really seemingly impossible situations. God, we stand in faith right now and we believe, God, that you are the God of the impossible. The Bible says that if we have faith as small as, this, um, as a mustard seed, then we can throw a mountain into the sea. And we just pray that we would have faith to move mountains, that we would believe that you would help us conquer all the impossibilities of our lives in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, we really enjoyed being with you in church today. If you did make that decision to follow Jesus, why don't you text the word decision to 822-822. We'd love to just put some resources in your hands and follow up with you as you begin this new journey. And as we're wrapping up service, if you're watching this live, we also have some hosts who are willing to pray with you one-on-one -on -one and stand in faith with you as we're believing God to conquer impossibilities. With that being said, can't wait to see you back here next weekend as we wrap up this series, week five of Conquer Impossibilities. We'll see you here, same time, same place. Have an amazing week.